you're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Ha! Got him! That should keep the first order off our backs. Nice work, Paul. Tim, are we set to make the jump? Yep. The end of the prime in accordance with the rendezvous are set. All right. Strap in and let's get this intel delivered to the resistance. Punch it! You're listening to Star Wars. The saga continues. Your hosts, Kyle Avery, Tim Jirasi, and Paul Herman, are scouring the holonet for news and bringing you all of the latest updates on the future of the Star Wars universe. And the future is bright indeed. So we invite you to join us on this exciting journey as the saga continues. Hey there, Star Wars fans, and welcome back to another episode of Star Wars The Saga Continues, your podcast for all the latest news, rumors, and updates on Mando Season 3, Star Wars Visions, The Bad Batch, Jedi Survivor, and all the other awesome and exciting projects we've got coming up in the Star Wars universe. As always, I'm your host, Kyle, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Tim and Paul. How's it going, guys? It's going good. I mean, we're smack right in the middle of Season 2 of The Bad Batch, so... Looking forward to talking about some of the episodes that we've gotten so far in the season and for how so we're recording on February 2nd. So I was going to say we're exactly a month away, but now we're under a month away from the season three premiere of Mando. So, yeah, lots of exciting stuff now and on the very near future. Yeah, this is a we're we're hitting like a really crazy time because we're going to get double Star Wars, which I just after getting a bunch of you know Marvel and Star Wars at the same time, I wish I just wish they could just give it a little breathing room between things. But obviously, you know, with 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 how Disney's struggling, not struggling, but not doing you know as well as they want to financially, um, they needed Disney Plus not being exactly the money maker that they thought it was going to be. They have to do a lot of over overlapping, you know, to keep us quote unquote happy to keep us you know. In, in 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 uh enthused with Star Wars and keep it uh keep our Disney Plus subscriptions open. So at least for the ones who probably don't have kids and need to you know have it for for them. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. I it, it's it, I wish I just wish I could sit and just analyze and and take in one thing at a time because as we're gonna get into this episode, we've got. Bad Batch is obviously no no Mandalorian, which is not fair to the, the Bad Batch either, but. At the same time, it just sucks because Bad Batch is, I think, it's been interesting this season. It's been very interesting. Yes. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk Bad Batch and uh, kind of give some some in-depth thoughts on some of the episodes and stuff. I know we talked about it a little bit on our last episode, but we wanted to, we originally wanted to just kind of have a more dedicated uh, Bad Batch review episode for this one. Um, but then there's actually been a decent amount of news over the past couple of days, too. So we'll start off just kind of talking about that real quick. Uh First thing being just this amazing new Mando poster that they revealed the other day. Um, and like you said, Tim, we're less than a month away now. Uh, it's February 2nd as we're recording this. Mando season three comes out March 1st. And thankfully, February is the shortest month of the year already anyways. So, yes, <laughs> um, yeah, we're like what three and a half weeks away or something like that from uh, Mando season three. 
they've got this awesome new poster with him, you know, standing on top of the Starfighter with Grogu in the cockpit, and he's got the dark saber out. Um, they released a uh, a little promo vignette thing called Phenomenon, um, where it just talks about you know how big of a global hit the show has been, and it's got clips from like celebration and interviews and stuff, and. Um, not really any new footage in there, but just kind of a, a hype piece to get everybody excited for the new season, which it certainly did for me as if I wasn't excited enough already. Um, so can't wait to, uh, you know, uh, get to watch that when it gets here. And of course, get on and talk about it with you guys. Before we started recording, we were just talking about plans for, you know, what we're going to do for reviewing Mando episodes and stuff. So um, that's all going to be here in just under a month. Can't wait for that. Also, just this morning, this was kind of a surprise. They announced the release date and a bunch of new details for the second season of Star Wars Visions. Um, so that's going to come out May 4th this year. So that's kind of our answer. We were like, they got to be releasing something on May 4th. And, you know, mm -hmm. we were kind of hoping maybe it would be Ahsoka. Tim thought it would be Ahsoka. I thought it would be an Ahsoka trailer, um, which we still might get. But also Celebration in uh, Europe is like a couple weeks before that in April. So we'll probably get a trailer there, too. Um, but at this point, I think, you know, with Visions coming out May 4th, I think it's probably safe to assume Ahsoka is coming out later in the summer, maybe even the fall. But I hope it's late summer. Um, but, uh, yeah, so visions, uh, this, the second batch of shorts is going to be dropping on May 4th, uh, with nine shorts from nine studios from around the globe. Um, and they've revealed, uh, you know, the titles of all the shorts, as well as all the studios that are doing them. And they've got a studio called El Guiri from Spain, uh, cartoon saloon from Ireland, punk robot from Chile, Ardman from, uh, the UK studio Mir from South Korea, Studio La Cachette from France, uh, 88 Pictures from India, De Tagio from Japan, and uh, Triggerfish Studios from South Africa. Um, and the Japanese short is going to be created in collaboration with Lucasfilm. So I don't know if that one is maybe going to be considered canon or tied in a little bit more to the existing Star Wars, you know, sort of mythos as, uh, you know, more so than some of the other ones. Um, but uh, then, the, you know, the titles for all the shorts, the studio El Guiri is doing one called Sith. Uh, Cartoon Saloon is doing one called Screechers Reach. Punk Robot is doing one called In the Stars. Um, Ardman is uh, doing one called I Am Your Mother. Uh, the one from Studio Mir is Journey to the Dark Head. Studio La Cachette is The Spy Dancer. 88 Pictures is The Bandits of Golok. Um, and then the, uh, the one from, um, the arch Tagio from Japan. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but that one in Lucasfilm uh, is called the pit. And then, uh, Triggerfish is called Ao's song. Um, not really any uh, details about, you know, what the stories of those shorts are going to be, but they've got some info in here in this press release about the, the filmmakers and the animators working on this stuff. And obviously they've got a lot of talented people that have a lot of other, you know, acclaimed animation projects under their belt. So, I mean, I thought the first season of Visions was a, a really cool, you know, little project and just cool to see, you know, all these different studios get to kind of share their own interpret, like artistic interpretation of uh, what Star Wars can be. And so it'll be cool to see that again with um, studios from all over the world. So that'll be really cool. I guess the only maybe slightly disappointing thing is it sounds like none of these are going to be continuations of the ones that we wanted to see from the first one. Um and I would like I was expecting that most of these were going to be new shorts and new stories, but 
you know, there were ones like the Ninth Jedi and uh, even like Lop and Ocho and a couple of those other ones that kind of left off on cliffhangers where you were hoping, you know, that we might eventually get continuations of those stories. And I hope we still do in some way, shape or form. But it you know, seems like at least it won't be uh, in the second batch of vision shorts for now. But still can't wait to see what they come up with. Yeah, I'll be honest. When I first saw the announcement and they had a press release and the titles, I immediately went to see if any of them looked like they were going to be continuations of the Ninth Jedi. Because <laughs> as we all said, when we were talking about Visions, that one was the standout for most of us and the one that we'd love to see continue on. Mm-hmm. So even though it doesn't look like that's going to be the case with these ones, we still don't know for sure. But hopefully down the line, we'll get the continuation of that story. But yeah, um, cool to get this announcement um, for May the 4th. Have something to look forward to that day as we knew we would. Even though it throws out my well, one of my predictions for 2023 out the window with Ahsoka premiering <laughs> in May or on May the 4th, but that's okay. Um, so yeah, just looking forward to see seeing the trailer for this and what exactly these animation styles are going to be because as different as the first Star Wars Visions was in the different animation styles, this one's going to be completely different. So not going just beyond the anime artistic style. So we're going to be seeing some totally different stuff. And I'm sure kind of like the first one, it'll be kind of a mixed bag, some stuff that will look awesome, some stuff that uh, we might have to get used to and seeing how it works in the story they're trying to tell. So yeah, glad we have a date to look forward to to see it, but anxious also to see exactly what uh, the second volume is going to look like. I'm, you know, I liked Visions way more than I was expecting. And even though there's some that I, I will never probably ever watch again, <clears throat> the last episode of the last one. <clears throat> um, yeah, but, you're not wrong there. <laughs> but but obviously the Night Jedi, there's, there's tons of great stuff in there that Star Wars inspired, you know, moments. And, you know, I'll be honest, I think it, I, I'm almost happy I'm not seeing anything released yet. And I don't even know if I want to watch a trailer because... I just want to sit down and and look and see what these Star Wars inspired stories uh, can be. And I think it really, I, I don't know. I, I just think the more you don't know going into it, the better it is, in my opinion, especially with something like this. It's very much, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, not, not, not in canon, obviously, but like it's, it's very much um, uh, so not of this world and so not to be taken with that same kind of like seriousness and that's not what i'm trying to say but like you just can't look at it the no, same yeah, way you could, yeah. yeah you just can't look at the same way as you would like a novel or a comic book because it's not necessarily connected and because it's disconnected from everything it's more of just you can you have to look at it on face value and and look at it from a, that it forces you to look for look at it from a different perspective that's what i'm trying to say mm. and because of that I don't want to get come in with pre preconceived notions either, because if I see that, well, that's not Star Wars. I don't like that. It's like I want to see it in context. I think with something like this, it's so disconnected. You have to have the context of what they're trying to tell you in Star Wars. More of just like here's a few shots of like somewhat Star Wars looking cool things, because um, I think just looking up from the face value, it's not. It just doesn't really help you, in my opinion, for, you know, I think teasers are, are good and trailers are good, obviously, for the most part. I think I'm over them. I don't need them. But I think something specifically for this, you don't need it. And I, don't, I almost think it hurts it in some ways because the, those preconceived notions come in and it can, becomes easily dismissed of, of like, oh, I don't want to watch that. It's not really connected. Uh, 
and not, I, not everyone has that mentality, but there is, a, I think, a little bit of sense of that of like, well, is it really even worth me taking putting my time into? Um, the last Star Wars Visions absolutely was, and I'm and I'm very curious how this holds up because there were things on if you would have told me on paper a giant bunny rabbit uh, would be one of my favorite episodes, and I'd be like, you know, becoming a Jedi or whatever. I'm like, yeah, right. That sounds stupid. I'm like, but it's a beautiful episode, both visually and I think story wise. I mean, obviously I'm a little biased, but but I, taking my biases away, it's a beautiful looking episode. The animation is incredible, and and like this, the oh, it's great. And I think as long as um, we had the context of of the stories, it's easiest it's easier to accept the stories as they are on face value. So I, I'm I'm not excited. I'll be honest for season two. I'll be honest. I I, I kind of wish they would have went with the same studios and continue the stories like Night Jedi or other like just I just like the aesthetic of the um the anime aesthetic that it, it shows us. It's just it's good to kind of know that going into it. I have no idea any who any of these studios are, and maybe I'll find some things that I'm really excited about because of it. I don't know, but I mean, I know one thing: they can't give me Jabba's like you know nephew playing bass. So I mean, that's <laughs> right there is like all already behind you know. You're behind the eight ball on that one. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I it's funny. I hear what you're saying about like not necessarily needing a trailer just because like, especially from the first season, you kind of already know what you're getting like going into it and you'd almost rather just be surprised. I like I honestly couldn't remember. So I had to look it up and see, did they release a trailer for the first one? And they did. So I would assume they're going to we're going to get a, a trailer for the second one at some point. Um but yeah, I'm like, I'm not, especially because we're not getting like continuations of the stories we already know. I'm not like super like hyped and like, oh yeah, I can't wait to see these. I'm more just like, I'm excited to be surprised. Like I'm, I'm you know, I'm looking forward to just seeing the different stories and the different animation styles and stuff. So I would be fine if we didn't see anything until then, especially because, you know, we're going to have so much Star Wars to, to hold us over between now and then. But I'm sure we'll get, you know, a little teaser trailer or something eventually. Um, yeah, I'm sure we'll get a celebration. Yeah, if not sooner, because celebration is going to be pretty soon before that. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's it's going to be a packed enough, you know, spring of Star Wars anyway until then. And then this is just going to kind of cap it off, um, which I guess can kind of segue into the last thing. And we, you could take this as a piece of bad news. Um, but Respawn actually also announced this week that Jedi Survivor has been delayed uh, just by, I think, like six weeks from it was originally slated for March 17th. And now it's coming out August or August. Um, now it's coming out April 28th. And uh, they mentioned that, like, pretty much like the content of the game is all done. They're just doing testing and bug fixing and stuff and uh, just need some more time to iron that out. Um you know, just to make sure that the game is polished and everything, um, which I'm totally fine with. Uh, you know, I, obviously that's, you know, a big part of game development. Um, and, you know, it's kind of a big thing where a lot of games sometimes are released too soon and then they have to do a lot of patches and fixes and stuff after the fact. And I would rather just have this come out and be, uh, you know, really good right off the bat and a, a smooth, solid experience. And there's also been a lot of talk, you know, over the past few years about like crunch time in the game industry and how uh, a lot of times people have to work overtime, you know, to to get a game ready, like in the last few months before it comes out. And so I would much rather them, 
you know, delay the game by a few weeks, take the time they need to polish it up, make it great and not be like overworking people to death in the process um, rather than, you know, just release it at the at the release date and have it have bugs and issues and everything. And like I said, I mean, it was originally slated to come out in March and we have, you know, Bad Batch is still going to be going on. Mando premieres in March. There's also the prequel novel Jedi Battle Scars, which comes out March 7th. Um, so hallelujah, I'm going to have more time to get a book finished now. Uh, cause you know, reading that in 10 days while we have all this other stuff going on was going to be a challenge. Now I've got, you know, a month and a half. That's easy. Um, so I'm totally fine with this. I mean, I wouldn't say I'm like happy about it just cause you know, I'm looking forward to the game. I'm never going to go, yay, I got to wait longer, but I'm totally fine with the decision. I'm glad they were, you know, transparent about it and explain their reasoning behind it and everything. And, um, Seems to be getting a lot of support from most people that, you know, they would people just appreciate the uh, the open communication and would rather have them take the time they need to make the game the best it can be. Um, so, yeah, now we've got, you know, we've got Bad Batch going right now. We've got Mando March 1st. We've got uh, Jedi Battle Scars March 7th. Um, then we've got Jedi Survivor, Survivor April 28th and then um, Vision Season 2 May 4th with celebration in the middle of all that. So, uh, yeah, it's still, I mean, from here to May, you know, the Star Wars content is going to be nonstop. So buckle up. This is where the fun begins. <laughs> yeah, this is both kind of good and bad news for me. Good because it's like, oh, cool. I get more time to finish some games I wanted to before that comes out. And also replay the first one again, because that's something I wanted to do before it was going to come out in March. I was like, okay, give me more time. Then I see it's April 28th. And the bad part is that's only two weeks before The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom comes out. And that's like my most anticipated game of the year. <laughs> it's like how slow it is for me to beat games, especially probably one that's as length of Jedi Survivor is going to be. I'm not sure I'll have it beat in time. So I'm going to have to really like, plow through it. and Not necessarily rush through it because I want to take my time and still enjoy it. But kind of have it that be my focus during those two weeks so that was the only negative the fact that was just two weeks coming out now before the next zelda game but um other than that yeah take all the time you need to make sure it's going to be the best game that it can be and six weeks is not really a, a whole lot to wait more once from its original release date so they needed more time that's good that they take in what they need to make sure it is going to be a really great game that uh, we're expecting it to be so also a little bummed to how March we're going to have all this great Star Wars content. I mean, it's still going to be packed, like we, like you said, with Mando Season 3 and the Bad Bat still going on. But also to have a Star Wars video game in the mix during that month, too, that was going to be awesome. So <laughs> a little bummed the fact that that's not going to happen anymore. But uh, still, it's just little minor inconveniences for me with this delay. But still cannot wait to play it once it finally does come out on April 28th. Yeah, let me look at the schedule real quick. Um, oh, perfect. So if we have eight episodes of Mando this season, which I assume is the case, um, then the Mando season three premiere is going to be April 19th, and then Jedi Survivor will come out the following week. So as much as it would have been cool to have it in the middle of all that stuff, I almost, I think I actually prefer it even just getting it the week after the finale of Mando. And then just having that be the next big Star Wars thing to carry us. Um, and yeah. then, you know, you got you know, Visions and then, you know, I'm sure, you know, it won't be too long of a wait until Ahsoka and all this other stuff. So, um, 
Yeah, I'm I'm okay with it. Like I said, on on the one hand, it would have been cool to have all of that happening in March. On the other hand, it would have felt a little cramped and crazy, especially when you factor in podcasts and trying to talk about all of it and you know hang out with friends and get to watch stuff together and everything. So, um, yeah, it, honestly, it's kind of nice to have a little breathing room, um, especially because you know we'll be getting real deep in the weeds on those Mando episodes. So it'll be nice to have separate time to like just play Jedi survivor and then have episodes where we talk about that. So, um, yeah, I'm all right with it. And like I said, at the end of the day, whatever gives us, you know, the best game experience. So, um, yeah, that's, uh, the deal with that. Um, now let's get to talking about, uh, season two of bad batch. Um, and like I said, we we kind of touched on it in our last episode, and I think at that point we had four episodes out so far. We were four episodes into the season with uh, Spoils of War, Ruins of War, um, The Solitary Clone. Gosh, let's see if I can remember all these from memory. And the next one was, <laughs> uh, was Faster the next one? Yes. That was, okay, that was episode four, and then Entombed was last week's, and then this week's was Tribe with Gunji and the Wookiees. Um, so Tim, I know, especially you and me are chomping at the bit to talk about the solitary clone. Um, just go for it, guys. Let's go for it. Okay. Well, sure. We'll just go for it. Let's just jump right into that one. Um, Tim, I'll, I'll let you have the floor first because you're our resident, uh, clone and, and trooper guy. But, um, what did you think about that episode in particular that, uh, you wanted to kind of go into more detail on that we didn't get to talk about last time? Yeah. So like I said, when we were just briefly talking about our last episode, it's my favorite episode of not just the season, but but in the, of the entire series, it felt like a classic clone centric clone wars episode. And the fact that we're getting that type of story continuing in now the age of the empire. Now it just, it was just really great. And just like everything about this episode clicked. First of all, having crosshair back, but pairing him up with Cody, getting the return to command of Cody was just, a brilliant move and this i was just curious to see how they were going to do cody um in this episode as far as is he going to be all in with the empire like what does he truly believe and we kind of got some hints in the trailers like him saying that line where a lot of clones are questioning the order but didn't necessarily sure you know if he would kind of agree with that or he was just relaying across there what he's hearing from other clones and if both of them were in agreement that yeah those clones are as Crosshair said, are just traitors like Jedi. But the progression that Cody went on here and just the contrast that it was to Crosshair, uh, which just played out beautifully and where it ended up for both characters. And I just like how, as we're seeing the episode go on and Cody kind of trying to kind of convince himself how like the Empire is here to bring peace and justice pretty much after the war ended and that's his belief but you could tell that's not by the end you definitely know that's not the conclusion he comes with and believes and just kind of as you're watching it and the certain looks he has on his faces and certain lines that he's saying and talking across there is like is he thinking back you know he is but they didn't necessarily say it but having that regret of following order 66 and what he did to obi-wan and that regret he has to doing that to his friend and partner during the war. And I really hope that gets explored. I don't know if it's in future episodes of the Bad Batch or another stories down the line, but just what Cody does after this, because we know he goes AWOL at the end of the episode. And I'm glad that that's something that was kind of left hanging. It, 
definitely glad he didn't die in the episode, but we just know where he stands now, where um, he is obviously not with the Empire after the events of this episode. And just how, like I said, it contrasts with Crosshair and his firm belief of just continuing to follow orders as soldiers, because that's what soldiers do. And as Cody brings up to him, you know, that's what makes us separate from joys is that we do have a choice and this that doesn't really hasn't really clicked in for crosshair yet and just how all this messed up stuff he's been through just in season one and how even admiral rampart was surprised he stood with him after he was left on camino for what three weeks was it or something like that it was it was a good long while and he was surprised yeah i think it was like a month yeah, it was yeah I think he made it like there. 32 rotations or something like yeah, that. Yeah, okay. I think that might have been it. It's just, I don't know why that's the first thing that's coming to mind. I've, I haven't watched it since it came out, but. Mm. And yeah, just how even after that, he's still going to stay with the Empire. I think that's going to set up for something big to what happens as far as either at the end of the season or the series, just what his ultimate fate's going to be and what he's going to do. Because I just have a hard time believing because they're just setting it up that he'll eventually see the light, so to speak, and just realize what the Empire really is and finally kind of think for himself, at least, instead of just being a soldier who follows orders. So just the themes they brought up here was just really good. And just bringing in the Separatists into the mix as far as a planet that was um, a separate in the Separatist system, and they obviously still had working battle droids, and just seeing kind of the leftovers of that from the war and how now they're looked at as kind of as the good guys. And it's just to me like the brilliance of Lucas's storytelling setting up the Clone Wars, how the Republic, obviously the good guys during that area, but we know they become the bad guys. And then the bad guys as the separatists, certain factions, not all of them, but would end up joining the cause and fighting against the Empire as the rebellion, as the good guys that we know in the original trilogy. It's just kind of great seeing all that stuff play out from the seven seasons of Clone Wars and just seeing, you know, that same great animation style. Um some same characters we've seen in the Clone Wars just continuing on in this era of the Empire. I just love seeing it continue. And then, I mean, just the action in this was just great. I uh, seeing Crosshair and Cody just tag team it up and just take down uh, battle droids, commando droids. It was just amazing to see. <laughs> I was just had a grin on my face the whole time. And of course, Crosshair's amazing, amazing helmet in Imperial costume. I don't know if I'm ready to say it's my favorite Imperial costume or helmet design ever, but I got it's getting close. Every time it's in a new episode of Crosshair has that helmet, I just love it more and more. It is just amazing. So you just pour all that together, the themes that brought up, the character interactions between Crosshair and Cody, and just the action. It felt like classic Clone Wars action, but in this new era, was just it was just so great. And just little details and moments to where there's not even dialogue being spoken in this episode, but just a lot of heavy heavy stuff going on there. One of my favorite moments is at the end where they're leaving that planet and Cody sees that the Empire is taking over and they're occupying it, and yet it's not the clone troopers, it's the TK troopers in mm-hmm. uh, their costumes. They're, they're occupying that, and the clones that Cody went with are leaving that planet on the gunship, the transport ship. It's almost like setting up like the lines being drawn between clones and tk troopers there at least in cody's mind out it is not the same anymore and you got these new tk troopers in but he's still there there's still a remnant of the clones and his brothers um that were on that transport so i I still wonder if we're gonna kind of get a clone stormtrooper type clash or showdown maybe not like a big massive battle but some type of 
confrontation that the both troopers are going to have that really puts an end to the clones being used as soldiers in the empire. But I just like that visually as Cody's kind of realizing that, yeah, yeah, this is kind of it for me and my brothers here. Like, um, we don't have a future with this empire as the TK troopers are occupying the planet and they're leaving. So just little visual cues like that, I think are just really powerful ways of telling that story for Cody in this episode and just the clones in general. So yeah, this was just a phenomenal episode all the way around. I've watched it several times since it's premiered a couple of weeks ago and I just love it every time I see it. I think it's an all-timer when it comes to Star Wars animation. I, I, I really do think that you're onto something with the whole clones versus stormtroopers because here's the thing. the I, we there Right now we're seeing this kind of gradual mesh of them Mm-hmm. It makes more sense. It feels to, weird. <laughs> yeah, it feels weird. And it feels like they're, Cody represents that these people do have more free will than we probably thought they might. And they, even though they may like are programmed to kill and hate Jedi, they're not just stupid idiots either. And they have independence and they have free will and they're going to see the difference. We see, they talk about in other episodes, right? They talk about how uh, Gunji, I think in the Gunji episode, they were talking in Tribe. They were talking about like, you know, we're not like them, you know, or whatever. And yeah. just the whole idea of, um, you know, we're not like the Empire. Or maybe it wasn't this last. It was some, the last couple of episodes. It feels like there was something besides the solitary, solitary clone that kind of emphasized the idea the clones are not necessarily the same as the Empire. Um, or no, well, they, were talking about, they were talking about the Bad Batch in particular, like because Gunji didn't trust them right off the bat. And he was like, you know, we're yeah, we're clones, but like we're not with the Empire. Yeah, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. And so and so the whole emphasis of like the difference between the clones and the Empire and there is like we now have the crosshair and the Cody episode kind of representing this kind of divide between the, the transition of the clones. It, to me, there's it. I think practically it makes more sense to phase them out gradually, but storytelling and dramatic wise it's way more cooler and way more interesting to have an all out war. And I, and honestly, I, but I think it makes sense though, the way they're building it up. So I think you're onto something here, Tim. One of the things that I, I'm not sure if I talked, talked about this last time, or maybe I was on the Star Wars news that live. I was on um, one of the things that I, I saw some people say that this is, you know, everyone says this is like the bad, or the, this episode of the bad batch is a lot like the Clone Wars, which it is. But but there also was emphasis of like it's also very different and drawn and long and it's kind of the opposite of a Clone Wars episode. A Clone Wars episodes always were very condensed and very much they crammed a lot into the episode. Um, this was a lot the exact opposite of that. It really it really played on um, I think uh, atmosphere. It really played on. Yeah slow and and is almost like the exact opposite which i loved i don't think this was a bad thing there's remnants of uh, remnants uh, remnants of um blade runner 2049 uh 2049 the first blade blade runner movie with lots of really like just simple synth and just kind of eerie just kind of like just one note just like kind of you know not the crappy stupid one note trailer thing where it's a piano going ding ding not like that <laughs> we're talking we're talking like legit like vangelis stuff man we're like it's like you know it's really just dwelling on one note to really add to, the, to like the atmosphere of what's going on of this drawn out standoff and just I, I really do feel this was a phenomenal episode because of all the things that was hitting on all cylinders 
Um, and they're all in line. That's a big thing. They're, they're, the tone for everything, the writing, the, the acting, the music, the animation, the coloring of the episode, it was all in line together. You don't always get that for in any show or animation. This was, to me, a phenomenal episode. I think they need to give the writer a lot more uh, work because in Star Wars because they had the feel of Star Wars. They got the characters, but not only that, it created its own uh, I think uh, it made its own way within the Star Wars universe and it did its own thing, which is saying a lot. And, it, and it's it's different than what we've gotten in other Star Wars stories before. So I yeah. And the t you know what's funny also before I get back and thank you, Kyle, for letting me kind of speak my mind here. Um, the to kind of wrap up my thoughts about Solitary Clone is I I, I forgot the TK troopers existed. <laughs> like 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 this is the kind of the drawback of having you know so much content for both not just star wars but everything you you're, you love like marvel or you know if you're like you know if you're in a million things i'll never forget justin bolger our good friend was like he you know last year he's at my house he's like you have a lot of interest he's kind of said it very blatantly <laughs> to me and i was like no i don't he's like yeah you do and i'm like yeah you're probably right interest um because i like you know sports and it's like a lot right, going on. Yeah. Uh, uh, right, the struggle right, right. is real <laughs> the struggle is real it really is but but you know but i did forget the tk troopers existed on the live show i was talking to my co-host brian brian i'm like are these new he's like oh they're in last year i'm like i had no idea like i totally forgot i'm like oh I'm like, these, these guys look amazing I'm like yeah they're in the last year i'm like oh they were oh weird i totally <laughs> forgot so and he's what he reminded me they're tk troopers which like, i love that natural kind of you know obviously macquarie design right but um but yeah like i i, I this is a kind of the drawback of having so much content you forget these things actually are established and whatnot so but yeah solitary clone i think is a phenomenal episode yeah absolutely and you know it's funny because um you know, you're making those comparisons to Clone Wars and how a lot of times Clone Wars was even more like just sort of action packed and fast paced with a lot of stuff crammed in. But I think in some of its best episodes, specifically in the later seasons, it did kind of have that that tension and drama and, and take its time a little bit more with things. And even, you know, thinking about some of the stuff in like Siege of Mandalore um, and some of those scenes with Ahsoka, like leaving, you know, in, in Shattered, like right before Order 66, like it kind of had some of that vibe to it. Um and combined with, you know, it felt like some of that sort of aesthetic and storytelling combined with just more of the feel of like, you know, an Umbara arc or like a, a more clone centric episode like that. So it wasn't just it, for me, it wasn't just like, oh, this felt like a Clone Wars episode. And it was like this felt like a like a top tier Clone Wars episode. And yes. it felt like a type of episode that we would have gotten if Clone Wars had just continued. Um because as much as Bad Batch, obviously, you know, they use the same animation style from Clone Wars. They use a group of characters that, um, you know, were first established in that series. And they kind of just use the Clone Wars as a, a launching pad for the whole thing. And the Bad Batch is its own show. It's not Clone Wars. Um, it has, you know, a different story, different format. Um, but, like, yeah, this episode in particular, I'm like, if they had kept the the you know the formula of clone wars going and had gone all the way up to order 66 and then just gone past it and stayed you know just kept doing stories with those same characters into the the timeline of the empire um like this is the type of episode we would have gotten and obviously you know again bad batch is like a spiritual successor it's continuing some of those storylines um 
but it's become kind of its own different show where we still get glimpses of that kind of stuff. But yeah, this to me just felt like it's like, oh, we're we're back in the Clone Wars right here. And again, part of it is, of course, you're seeing clones fighting battle droids. You got Commander Cody, you got Crosshair. Um, but uh, yeah, it really was just it's sort of the the action heavy nature of it the clones versus battle droids but also like really the emphasis on the mentality of the clone troopers and the differences in their personalities and the differences in their philosophies and i mean i feel like as just the star wars fan base for years cody has always kind of been propped up as like a, a poster child for like clones that just went along with the, you know, with order 66 and the empire and stuff, or maybe that's just my perception of it. But like, even though we haven't really seen Cody in any stories since episode three, it's like you have clone wars where you have Rex, you know, struggling with the order and knowing about the chips and everything. And he's real hesitant to, to kill Ahsoka. And meanwhile, we have Cody and he's just like, yep, open fire. Um, so we just assume that, you know, he, he didn't have an issue with it. And now we see him, I mean, I love that, like, he in this episode, he never specifically states that he regrets what he did, but he mentions something, and it's not specifically related to Order 66, but he just mentions, like, us having to live with our choices, I think. Mm -hmm. um, something that, like, vaguely hints that, like, oh, he's still, you know, it's like what he did to Obi-Wan doesn't sit right with him, and he's still thinking about that. Um, so it was cool to see even Cody, who we thought was, you know, the the clone that went along with order 66 and the empire and had no issue with it now starting to question it and have issues with it to the point that he goes a wall at the end of the episode and deserts and says not nah, forget this and then you have crosshair who still is sticking by it and um i mean it, it sets up some really interesting potential things with his character because i'm like i want to know what is crosshair's end game here because now, you know, we've seen him where he was in Topoka City at the end of season one with the rest of the Bad Batch and the Empire, you know, just tried to destroy the city with him in it. Um, and then they left him stranded there for like a month. And, you know, he still came back to, to fight for them and be a loyal soldier. And it's like he still is convinced that he has a seat at the table, that if he plays the part, if he does his job. And maybe it's because, you know, he's this elite sniper and he feels like he can do his job better than everybody else. Like he just thinks like, I'm, I'm the best soldier. I'm going to prove that I'm still useful and I'm better than all these stormtroopers and whatever. Um, and I'm still going to get to be a part of this new regime and this new order. And it's like, I don't know, you know, at this point, he still is not seeing what clearly everybody else and more and more clones are seeing that like the empire doesn't respect these guys. They don't value them. Like they're, they're starting to phase them out. Um, you mentioned, Tim, you know, that that visual at the end of just like them watching the stormtroopers come in and take over. Um, and I definitely think like it's it absolutely is setting up a confrontation between the two. Like, I think this is something that's been bubbling under the surface for the entire series, even with some stuff back in season one, like with Captain Hauser. Um, you know, this is not the first time that we've seen uh clones and sort of imperial orders uh come into conflict i mean heck even with the the premiere of this season with um the clone that rampart executed because and that clone wasn't even necessarily going against the empire he was like i want to serve the empire and you know follow orders so therefore i'm not going to like falsify a report like i'm going to do my job right um, like, I'm just going to go about this the right way. And Rampart's like, no, we're going to go about this my way because I'm a backstabbing, power hungry, you know, 
it's like, I don't care about, you know, loyalty and order and like the things that you think you're fighting for by being part of the empire, really, it's all about, you know, greed and power and control. And I think the clones are starting to realize that, but Crosshair is not. So, um, yeah, it makes me wonder, like, I think obviously all of this stuff is going to come to a head. There's going to be a breaking point between the clones and the empire, um, where at least some of them I hope are maybe going to, whether it's something where, um, you know, the, the clones rise up and try to fight the Empire or more clones like Cody just leave and try to desert and maybe the Empire tries to fight them or execute them or something and the clones have to like fight back to protect themselves. I think conflict is inevitable there. But then for Crosshair particularly, it's like he's not just going to stay the the loyal Imperial trooper, the you know, for the whole series. I mean, first of all, like, I think they're setting him up to have some sort of either redemptive story arc or maybe even a, a story arc where he sacrifices himself and dies in the end or something like that. I don't know. Um, but I would be very surprised if they go the entire series and it's just like, yep, Crosshair is a stormtrooper. That is what it is. Um, yeah. But I I think, you know, his, his loyalty and values and, uh, you know, what he thinks the empire is or what he thinks he's fighting for um, is just, you know, it's like, that's going to have to hit a turning point at some point too. And I'm really interested to see uh, how that all is going to go down. Yeah. And I wonder if we're going to be seeing some of that stuff play out in next week's episode. Cause I'm um, looking on Wikipedia. That's next week is when we get the double episodes, right? Uh, the, clone, the clone conspiracy and truth and consequences. So those titles alone has me <laughs> speculating with excitement as far as news details and story elements we're going to get in this story with the clones and the Empire and Crosshair because um, I have a hard time believing he's not going to be in at least one of those episodes um, coming up because it's a few episodes now where he hasn't been in it since <laughs> that third episode of the Solitary Clone. So he's due for another appearance and I would imagine it's going to be in one of these two episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think... And I've heard that, like, yeah, that that two part mid season finale is, you know, going to be a good like clone centric one. So yeah, I, I'm assuming we will see Crosshair in there probably, maybe see Cody and Rex together again, um, and maybe you know see some of this stuff start to uh, kind of make some headway as far as you know the overall story goes. Um, I wonder too, especially I'm thinking like truth and consequences. Like, what could that be? Like, what could the truth be that ends up having consequences? Mm-hmm. And I realized the, as far as we know, at least, it's not really widespread among the clone troopers, the whole thing about the chips, right? Like, obviously, they know that Order 66 happened. They know that they killed the Jedi. But I'm like, you know, do they know? Like, would you know that you, that that was out of your control? You know, I mean, thinking like for Cody, you know, it's like, how does he remember that? Um you know, him trying to kill Obi-Wan, does he just think of it as like he was following orders or is he like, well, that was weird. Like, I didn't mean to do that. Is it yeah. just kind of, of hazy? But they, they, I mean, as far as we know, they definitely don't all know about the the control chips and the, you know, all that stuff that Fives tried to uncover. Like that was kind of like a sealed thing that really only Rex knew about. Um, and that's why he was able to resist it somewhat and a lot of the rest of them couldn't. So if Rex and Cody get together and like, disseminate that information to all of the clones that are still with the empire and be like, Hey, look, you know, we were loyal soldiers fighting for the Republic alongside our, our Jedi generals who, 
you know, protected us and supported us. And we, you know, were comrades on the battlefield. And then we were controlled and manipulated into betraying and murdering them. And now this empire is, you know, still controlling us and bossing us around. And now they're trying to replace us with these inferior troopers. Like, I think that would be enough to get a lot more clone troopers to leave. So maybe that'll be a big part of what this all revolves around if that happens in the next couple episodes. Yeah, I actually like the sound of that. I mean, because we know Rex contacts the Bad Batch saying he has a mission for him. What if this is that mission to kind of, he needs their help to get the word out to all the clones still remaining in the Empire to kind of try to liberate them if he's found a way to to do that and so realized that they were being controlled in that situation. Yeah. yeah that's setting up some really cool stuff. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. And I doubt it'll all, I mean, I, I would be surprised if it's all sort of resolved in the next couple episodes. Yeah. Um, just cause we've really only had like one episode dealing with it so far this season. And I feel like it was, that was one of those things that was kind of sprinkled in a little bit more throughout season one. Um, season two so far hasn't really had much of like a, a through line to the story. Mm. Um, so maybe which, something which is will... fine too. Cause again, that word filler gets thrown out all the time. Like these last few episodes have been nothing but filler, but I disagree with that so much cause there's still these episodes, great self-contained stories maybe i for these first few episodes to me not on this not as strong as season one in my opinion but they're still really enjoyable and i kind of like the fact that they're not being tied to this overarching story i feel like they have to i should say rather because there's been plenty of great series animated series live action mainly animated series in the past where there was no overarching story for the entire season you just enjoyed a self-contained story for a half hour and then you move on to the next one and enjoy it. And to me, there's nothing wrong with that. And when we do get these yeah. episodes like the solitary clone clone that maybe not necessarily is involved with an overarching story for the entire season, but just the overarching story that's been built upon within this series regarding the clones in the empire is always great to get. But um, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing when most of the season isn't pertain to that and we are getting these self-contained stories that so far season two has had more of than season one in my opinion yeah definitely and i mean you're right like i kind of go back and forth on it but for the most part like yes it's clear that they are doing you know it's it's an adventure of the week kind of series where it's just focused on you know omega and the bad batch and you know their kind of travels from planet to planet um, and if that's their goal, like that's totally fine. They're doing a fine job of executing on that. Um, and when you, you know, when you have stories like that, then when you get something like the solitary clone, it does make it that much more special that we get, um, you know, these episodes with just really fantastic stories and also ones that kind of hint at a, a larger narrative underneath all the just, you know, sort of week to week adventure type stuff on the flip side, though, it does kind of make me wish and, it, you know, like, I can't fault them too hard for this because obviously it's this is not what they're going for. But, like, there is part of me that wishes that that's what this show was. Like, that it just focused a lot more on that because to me that's, sure. like, by, to me that's by far the most interesting part of it. Um, and that's always just sort of been the most interesting part of, like, the whole premise of The Bad Batch from the beginning was getting to see uh, what that transition was like under the early years of the empire and what happened to all the clones and kind of see everything from their perspective. So um, as much as I would love a full series that like is just based around that, that's obviously not the uh, the show that they're trying to make. And um, 
you know, it's a little more kid focused as well. And it's like, you know, the older fans can enjoy it too, but the young kids can tune in every week and just watch, you know, Wrecker and Omega go on their, you know, have their misadventures and stuff. So, um, yeah, I'm fine with it, even though, you know, I maybe don't love every episode. Um, but you know, I have fun watching them every week, but then, yeah, you get ones like this where it's like, man, this is just an absolute standout. And then I hope that the next two episodes are, uh, are on that same level, but I hope that they don't resolve the whole sort of clone empire story within just those two episodes. I hope that it's something that, you know, sort of continues to build at least over the rest of the season and maybe into the finale as well, if not, you know, still over the course of the entire series. But I think there's still definitely, um, you know, a lot of good story potential they can get out of that. Well, you know, the one thing I would say difference between this season and last season it just feels it feels different to me. It feels like tighter storytelling and it feels like they're not trying to intertwine so many different like, like an ongoing. Well, there's an ongoing narrative, but it feels more gradual than last season. It feels like they are really like forcing the narrative to get to a certain point, whereas this one it's and again, maybe people may not like this as much, but it kind of feels more like rebels to me this season like just and not from like i get that yeah like there's there's that aesthetic of like yeah we've got there's an overarching story but really we're kind of going on adventures and we're kind of broadening things a little bit having some fun and and to be honest like the animation's so good and the because the bad batch is a diverse type of personalities it kind of it's a lot more fun than i would anticipate because i feel like on again I always, this is my favorite thing to say now, like, you know, paper champions, you know, on paper, I would probably, you tell, you would tell me which would I prefer season one or season two, just on just without having seen either of them, which one I would like more. I probably would say I'd like season one more because I love more narrative storytelling and the ongoing, I, and you know, serialized storytelling. That I think Star Wars really uh, thrives in. Whereas, and they both have elements of each one, right? I'm not saying that the one is without the other. But the emphasis feels more kind of like in in line with the, every episode, a lot more condensed, feels a lot more like you're just kind of having like kind of going off on adventures and things like that. And I really like that. Like for some reason, it just feels refreshing to get these kinds of stories. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't have to worry about like, okay, we got we to progress the narrative. We got to get crosshairs, got to, you know, meet up. You know, you know what I mean? Like we have to, we're not trying to get Rex involved right away. We're not trying to get, you know, name drop, um, you know, Fennec Shan to get in here, which I love. I like those episodes and they're good. I think Bad Bad Season, bad, bad season 1 is not bad, but this season just feels more focused, if that makes any sense. Do any of you guys agree with this? Am I am I crazy? Do you, do you see the Rebels influence? Or not influence, but Rebels kind of ideas? I see. I definitely see the Rebels influence, as you mentioned it, um, but I don't know if I agree with it being more focused, because I thought this first season was pretty focused on the story they were trying to tell there. Mm-hmm. um over the course well, of that first season no no for, for more focus on the episode that was more and that's my point there's yeah they're more focused on the individual episodes rather than like an overarching yeah, story that's that's what i mean it seems yeah. more focused within condensed of the story of the, of the one episode whereas it felt like they were really trying to cram a lot of narrative into every episode they could um in that last season yeah see to me that's why i think season one is a, so far has been better overall for me um, because it was trying to tell that story here, but at the same time, I don't think it's a bad thing that season two is going the opposite direction. Like you said, I I do find it refreshing myself 
kind of having a series that is just kind of a one and done with these episodes but yet sprinkled in you would get um some big episodes that um go- tell more of that overarching story that we've been talking about with the clones so um even though it is different and i do prefer season one's type of storytelling probably better if i had to choose one but i do enjoy getting these type of episodes this season as well i think it's um like you said refreshing in a way because we don't we haven't gotten that in a long time and just series in general really so the fact that this season decided to go that route i think is totally okay yeah i mean i'm i'm fine with it i think i also still kind of prefer more of the connecting narrative of um season one or at least because here's the other thing too i feel like rebels did a good job of having more like self-contained episodes of the week but there was still a still kind of a clear overarching narrative for the season where you know you would have um you'd have what seemed like a standalone episode but then at the end it would kind of connect in some way to whether it was like them trying to find a new base or them trying to get supplies to help you know the the larger rebel movement or something um or whether it was like, you know, them them being on the run from Thrawn or them trying to get back to Lothal to liberate it from the Empire. There was always sort of a, like, you knew what the long-term goal was, um, even when it was just sort of a mission of the week type episode. Whereas I feel like, at least so far with this season, we don't really have that yet. Um, and like I said, that's why I think the why I love that Crosshair episode so much is because that one feels like, okay, we're headed towards something. Whereas with the rest of the episodes so far, it just kind of feels like, okay, it's the Bad Batch just hopping from planet to planet. Like I, and again, I don't mind that. And I'm fine with, you know, it, it you know, just being like a, an adventure of the week type story. But I do kind of wish there was at least a little bit more of a stronger through line as far as like what their overall mission is or, um, you know, just some sort of larger goal that they're trying to accomplish um but yeah so far i would say right now i i prefer season one um and i've enjoyed season two so far but i would say really for me the the crosshair one has been the only like real standout episode i also enjoyed this week's episode with gunji and the wookies um but that one i kind of wish was i wish that had been a two-parter because it felt like there was a lot of sort of interesting stuff that they kind of introduced really quick and then like only did a little bit and like just kind of touched on. Yeah, you um, can kind of tell it was a very condensed version of that Clone Wars arc. They were yeah, doing. yeah. And um, I don't know. I, I feel like you could have done a whole episode with them, you know, rescuing Gunji and then getting him back to Kashyyyk and then a whole other episode yeah. about... Uh, you know, a whole other episode set on Kashyyyk and really getting into like the it, culture of the Wookiees and the village and the you know them they're fighting against the I, I, in the Empire. Here, and stuff like that. here's here's a, here's a problem though with that. Like, and, and you're not wrong. I mean, listen, no one's wrong for wanting more Gunji. Let's be real. I mean, I'm not <laughs> yeah. I'm not here to to hate on this. I, I like the last episode like quite a bit actually, but I think I liked it because it was condensed. Um, because you're you're right, Kyle. Because yes, you you could make that into a four part whole season of Gunji, you know, trying to find, and, and that's kind of, again, that's a, a good problem to have with Star Wars. You can make a great season and stories. I think out of so many different side characters. I mean, even hell freaking, you can have a whole season of just crosshair and Cody. Uh, I mean, and honestly, Heck, I take like, a whole series on that. <laughs> not, do yeah. You see what I'm saying? Like there is a lot of rich storytelling because of that one episode really brought up a lot of interesting dynamics that you didn't really 
you 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 can think about, but like when you are presented to it, you're like, oh man, like when they're all standing in front of the you know the, all the names, you're like, oh my god, like that's a lot. That's a lot of really cool stuff. And then you've got the Gunji episode, like because you know, you're if you're a let's be real, if you're a rational Star Wars fan, but you also are intellectually honest with yourself and the and the stuff that you love. Like I am, and or I, I try to be. Rephrases. I try to be, and what I'm sitting there, and I'm enjoying tribes. And I'm like, this is so good, and, I, and I'm thinking, why in the hell is where's where's Gunji during the Empire? Like that's the first thing we all say. Where the what are, where are the dark shadow or uh, the dark troopers? Um, you know, where are they, Tim? In uh, when when the um, uh, you mean Death Troopers? Dark troopers. Sorry, Death Troopers. Okay, <laughs> right. My words. <laughs> Tim, you know, you know me too well to know this. Um, no, Death Troopers. Where are the Death Troopers? Are sure, the Jedi. Where are the Scout Troopers? That ever do hope? Like, you start going that route, and that's the problem. I think that I think the condensed storytelling kind of helps a little bit because you don't put an emphasis on the Gunji character. You kind of like show that he's. And again, I, I thought they did a good job of showing um, or telling us. Literally, and I think showing us too. Again, you show don't tell in this medium, but you get what I'm saying. You have to, you know, it's nice to have some dialogue reinforcing. I would say it's, you need to reinforce. Um, when um, Re oh my god, I forgot the head guy's name. Oh my god, um, the head bad batch guy. I'm so uh, hunter, hunter. I want to call him Rex. Um, when <laughs> hun hunter, um, when hunter is like, uh, when he hunter. Sorry, I can't help it. I love Omega so much. Um, when he says that he's still a child. And I think it really emphasized the importance of him being raised with his kind and uh, his culture. And, and just like, it also hiding from, that, because one of the reasons why I think they can get away with that is that Wookiees aren't known to be force sensitive. Like that's mm. what um, uh, Wayne guy, I forgot, again, I get terrible uh, names. Um oh, yeah. When he says that, you know, he said, you know, oh, it's, it's rare. So they're not going to be looking for Wookiees to be force sensitive. So it's almost like him being on Kashyyyk protects him from the Inquisitors and from the Empire and being force sensitive. And he kind of just hang out there. So it feels like they did a, a, a good job of not focusing so much on the character and emphasizing the fact that he needs to stay on Kashyyyk to protect himself, even though you're like, Guy's probably balling out. He's probably pretty powerful. And even as like a 10 year old, it's like, come on, get him out there and start mowing down some inquisitors. You know, I mean, there is that side of me, but at the same time, I'm like, it makes sense within the context and the, and the constructs of the story and of the greater Star Wars universe for him to stay on Kashyyyk and not, and in the constructs of the season, not dwell super heavily on Gunji to make everyone go, why is Gunji stick around? Why is it hanging out the bad bat? Like, you can start going that route. I feel it a good job of getting us there and getting us out. Yeah, but I'm not I'm not saying that he should have stuck with the Bad Batch longer or that they should do more with Gunji as a character and get him out into the galaxy fighting the Empire or anything. I mean, I agree. I think the the best thing to do with him is just return him to Kashyyyk and then you don't really have to worry about it. Because, yeah, it's like you, even, you know, you think Jedi Fallen Order takes place a few years after this and you're like, oh, well, you were on Kashyyyk there and you didn't see Gunji. It's like, oh, it's a big planet. Um, you know, I don't worry too much. And I mean, really, you can't with the way that this universe keeps expanding and they keep making more and more stories to fill in more and more gaps. Like, I don't watch A New Hope and go, where are the Death Troopers? Um, because well, it's know. easy for me. <laughs> it's like, I, I think they've done a good enough job of showing, you know, showing that like not everything is in every place all at once. You know, they, they have 
a lot of different troopers that are specialized for different environments and stuff. And part of it is just you got to suspend the disbelief and realize, you know, they're adding to this stuff as they go. But um, yeah, no, I'm not saying that I want, you know, more you know, more stories with Gunji or just, you know, that the season should have focused more on him. I'm just saying specifically with like story elements in this episode, like it just felt very condensed and like just the story that they were telling within this episode could have been spread out into two episodes just to allow it a little bit more time to breathe, um, to focus on some of those, those individual elements a bit more and flesh out. Like I said, I mean, the whole thing about like the, that Wookiee, like, shaman or clan leader or whatever and them speaking to the trees and all that like i would have liked to see a lot more of that stuff and i know dave had plans to do some of that in clone wars with that arc with you know yoda was going to be there with the bad batch and stuff and it's too bad we never got to see that but it just kind of felt like i mean like that episode in particular it kind of just felt like they were like zipping from one thing to the next and stuff just kind of happened i kind of wish there had been a little bit more intention to it like maybe they had been assigned a mission to go rescue a, a specific prisoner um and it turned out to be gunji or they had been hired by the wookies to help fight the Trandoshans or something like that it just it was kind of like a oh we're you know we just happened to be on the space station doing a mission and then gunji happens to be here oh okay we'll rescue him we'll take him back to kashik oh the Trandoshans happen to be here i guess we'll fight these guys like it was just a very quick like stuff happening kind of episode um I still enjoyed it because, I mean, I love Gunji and I love Wookiees and it was cool to get to see, you know, them back on Kashyyyk again. But it was just I wish they had, you know, given that story a little bit more time to breathe and a little bit more sort of intention behind some of the things. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I still I like that one. a lot. That's probably my second favorite um, episode of the season just by by nature of, you know, again, Gunji and Wookiees and all that stuff and being on Kashyyyk again. But um so, I mean, I guess for me, that's just a, you know, one drawback of the sort of like just story of the week um, type of thing that they're doing. I just wish it was a little bit more. See, for me, like I, I hear what you're saying, Paul, that like it is focused more on the individual episodes. But I still feel like some of those stories in those episodes that they're telling could be a little bit more, just a little tighter and more focused. Um, even like with the one before that within Tomb, like I was talking to uh, Mike and Joe about that on Rebel Cells last week. And we were talking about how, like, you know, for all of us, it was like, it was a fine episode. Like, we didn't have any problems with it. You know, we we enjoyed it. We just didn't love it. But as we were talking through it, we were like, oh, here's this thing or that thing or this thing that they could have done to, like, add more tension or, you know, make this part of the story feel more impactful. Like, it was fine as it was. It was just, you know, there were little things they could have done to make it better. So, um, I don't know. That's That's kind of how I felt about, like, you know, the last couple episodes before that. I, you know, and listen, like I, everyone has their truth and like has their opinions and everything. And again, and obviously, you know, I think that of you, Cal, but like the audience too, who was listening to this, I want you all to know, like, if you loved it, hate it, didn't like it, think it's crap, like you're all valid. The thing I, I want to emphasize what works for me about Bad Batch. And I think for a lot of things, like my brother, I've been really talking a lot about lately, just like, you know, expectations and things like that. And just kind of just how do you deal with so much content and how do you stay loving some things and, and whatnot? My brother, my brother's a lot more, he'll probably disagree with me saying this, but I'm going to tell, I love my brother too much. Uh, he's a little more jaded than I am. I'd say uh, he's just kind of like, 
he's, he's he doesn't like the sequel trilogy. He's you know he's got his issues, and he just he again like I, I can sympathize a lot more with him because he's like there's a lot of stuff out there, and I don't have enough time to to like just kind of just get my head around everything and, and whatnot. So I understand people like who don't like something, they won't waste their time with like Bad Batch or whatever you know, they don't like. I get it. Okay, I get it. But for me as a person, as a hardcore Star Wars fan, someone who talks about Star Wars all the time and loves it and will dive deep into it, the one thing I will say, and I've talked about this a lot, a lot with between the differences between Andor and Obi-Wan, you have, I think sometimes you have to get the slow kind of fun, dumb stuff to really appreciate the good stuff. And like, and just because like the, the stuff that like, like the, the faster episode, the pottery episode, um, you know, you, you have that. And then you have, um, what was, I see, this is where I, I wish I rewatched them all. What was after the solitary, solitary clone? It was the, it was faster. That was the racing. Yeah. And then at, what was that for faster? It was the tuned one. Yeah, yeah, I almost read the tomb one. I like the tomb one a lot. That was a lot of fun. And you know, the thing about it is, see, I won't say this is the problem. You can't rewatch everything, people. The thing about it is, are those episodes bangers? No. Was Solitary Clone probably the best of maybe the whole season and the whole series? Possibly. Is that a you know, but at the same time, I don't begrudge faster tombed and tribes for not being solitary clone. Yeah, it mm. sucks that what you want everything to be high quality, sure, but you know, you have to you have to have some kind of lower points or some different kinds of episodes. I don't want to say low points. Different kinds of episodes to appreciate the one, other ones you get. And that's the one thing I like about the variety that we're getting in the bad batch is it's, I think specifically in season 2 is the types of stories we're getting. It felt like very just kind of the same same old same old I thought after a while in season one and people are saying the same thing about season two a little bit which i think the first two episodes are more like season one than anything but since solitary clone i feel like every episode's been pretty different and kind of fun and not as like i don't know again the, the whole rebels idea right you're you're having fun within the universe and the context of the characters and just like just kind of having a blast with it and i'm really appreciating that compared after watching solitary clone it, it you gotta look at this you know a movie is, you know, is a lot different than you look at a TV series. In a TV series, and any kind of serialized storytelling, it very much is like an album, right? A music album. For you kids out there who only listen to Spotify and only know about singles nowadays, there was a thing called albums where you had released, <laughs> an artist would release more than one song. And it'd be like, instead of four songs, maybe you get like eight songs, believe it or not. And you're like, oh my God, eight songs from one artist is amazing. I'm sorry. I'm just being brutal now. Uh, don't but you miss those point, days, Paul? <laughs> oh, God. And, and they'll never go away. They'll come back. Because think about this back in the day. Soul side tangent, Tim. We all know our music. What was what was popular back in the Beatles days? It was all singles, right? Yep. And then what happened? Albums came in. That You know, you get what I'm saying. It, history repeats itself. We're in the singles era again. I don't like it, but whatever. Um, my point is this, though. It's a lot like an album. You don't, you can't have like just intense songs the first like half and then the last half is kind of like more like down tempo like everyone's like what you know what i mean like you have to pace it the right way and i feel like this season has been a great pacing of like of that good album where it's like you know fast one here you get a little slow one here and like not everyone can master that and that's why mixed cds and mixed playlists are always very i always take it very seriously you gotta know how to you know bring it up and down and keep it sustained you know you gotta know what to keep it you know level keep it good you know all that stuff i feel i say all that to say season two feels more 
just like a good rhythm of pacing of the whole series. And I, I don't feel like I'm like, oh, I got to watch Bad Batch this week. And I felt like I got that point. And maybe it was a different point in my life. I don't know. But it feels like the pacing of the series is so much better that I'm enjoying the series more that I want to go back and rewatch season one really, really badly to see if I feel the same way. Cause it just didn't feel the, it just feel like the pacing of the season is a lot more fun and a lot more diverse as far as storytelling wise. And I just enjoying that ride a lot more than the first season. So I don't know. Like, I, I, that's why I don't begrudge like faster and, 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 uh, tuned and tuned. I, again, I totally forgot about the episode and, and it does kind of maybe say something about the episode, but I really liked it. I thought it was fun. I thought it was a really cool, fun adventure. I do wish they would have maybe hinted at other tied into other materials besides being their own thing. And though Brian, my co-host on the, on the Star Wars Newsnet live thing, he kind of mentioned how they kind of, the Zeppo, they kind of resemble the Zeppo things from Jedi Fallen Order. Yeah. That was cool. I'm like, yeah, okay, I can get behind that. That's kind of cool. So, but I wish they would have leaned more heavily. Like maybe they went to Zeppo, you know? I mean, like that would have been kind of cool. Like I know everyone hates small universes, which I don't, um, but you know, whatever. But like, let's just tie it in a little bit more. You know, I'm not saying go to like Tatooine and hang out with the, the Lars or whatever, you know, but like, let's just tie it a little bit tighter with other, like maybe books and comics and things like that. So in video games, um, a little bit more it's a little bit more but obviously star wars is sprawling so it's hard but but yeah i think the pacing of this whole season has been better than season one and maybe that's what i'm trying to say because i think episodes like faster and tuned they're not bangers they're not ones i'm like yeah it's so good i'm like no that was enjoyable it's fun i like that i could i could honestly go, i want to go back and rewatch those episodes because i think they're fun they're easy to watch I'm, i don't have to like be like okay this is heavy like solitary clone they're just fun to watch and i'm, I'm looking forward to eventually popping down with with Lou one day in the future when she's a little bit older and can actually watch them longer than 20 minutes and uh you know watch a bunch of that in a row so because i think they're fun um but yeah i don't want solitary clone every episode i know that sounds weird to say but i like the variety we're getting oh yeah no and i'm not saying i want solitary clone every episode no, Although, no like i know, I said, if, I know in in a in another universe you know if, if that was what this show was like i would not complain but um no i'm fine with getting you know other stuff in between there it's just you know so far for me like the season's been just kind of you know fine so far um like i've enjoyed it and that's kind of another for me that's one nice thing about it and i i don't mean this as like a, a backhanded compliment or anything but it's just like it is kind of nice to have a star wars show that i just watch every week enjoy it and then go about my business because, you know, as I'm like mentally preparing myself for the next season of Mando, where every week, you know, I'm going to be rewatching the episode three times and talking to everybody about it and tweeting about it and watching reaction videos and, you know, having that like consume my brain for the next week. It's nice to be able to just watch Bad Batch go, that was a fun episode, and then go about my week and kind of forget about it. Um, and sometimes I'll even get to, you know, doing rebel cells on Mondays and I'm like, what happened in the last episode of Bad Batch? And you have to kind of, you know, like refresh myself on it. Whereas like when we're do when we do our recordings on, you know, for for Mando, uh, it's going to be fresh in my mind still. I will not have to go, oh, what happened in the last episode? Because I'll have been thinking about it nonstop. So um, it's nice to have a series that like doesn't require that level of like focus and hype and engagement and i mean for some people like if you're really excited about bad batch and you love it that much more power to you um for me it's just kind of nice to to be able to kind of just coast through it and enjoy it and you know not have to like spend a ton of energy on it yeah 
I get what both of you guys are saying on both points too. And and I agree to where it is something this season anyway, where it hasn't been mind blowing, but I haven't, I've enjoyed every episode that I've seen so far and just always look forward to Wednesday night when I come home from work to have a bad batch episode to see. So that, that hasn't changed, even though um, the episodes, like I said, haven't been, or as we all said, haven't been quite on the same level as a solitary clone. And, and that's fine. And um, just a couple of things on the, uh, not this last episode, but Entombed. Yeah. Uh, but funny with Entombed and with Tribe, the things that kind of, because I enjoyed both episodes. I really liked Tribes, but for both of those episodes to me, what held both of those back were the endings to them. For Tribe, it, I just felt that's where you could tell it was really, it felt a little rushed, the ending, just how things got resolved with that um, one Trandoshan leader who got, who was him and Gunjuring have a face off, but then he quickly got taken by those fighters. And then uh, just how they were supposed to put out uh, the remaining fire, and there's like a quick shot of them. Or, or a quick shot after the fighters already put out and you see a few members of the Bad Batch and the Wookiee just standing around and then it immediately cuts to the end sequence with them in the Wookiee treehouse. It just, it just felt very rushed in the, the pacing or the editing of it seemed a little weird. But mm-hmm. um, for Entombed, like I said, that was a really enjoyable episode, a fun kind of like Indiana Jones type treasure hunt episode um, mixed in with a little Zelda Breath of the Wild with <laughs> those divine beasts in that game. Uh, it really reminded me of the creature at the end of this. And I just felt there was a missed opportunity that um, kind of what you're saying, Paul, they didn't dive too deeply into what it was, into kind of the history of these ancient beings that were being referenced. And just the fact that um, the creature slash machine was destroyed at the end. I was kind of hoping there was something where they just get knocked out and it kind of just walks off and wanders on its own. And it might be a problem for them to deal with later. And that's where we'll dive into exactly more of what it is in these ancient beings but the fact that it was kind of just destroyed and all wrapped up and they were just ready to move on i mean they could easily be explored eventually in some other type of story but when i saw that because it looks really cool i love the design of that creature just visually it looked visually striking and just have that type of element in star wars that uh, we don't necessarily see too much like of a mechanical type creature walking like that um it was just really cool to see and I would love to get more or have that explored more. So that's why I was bummed when it got blown up and everything was all wrapped up and they were ready to go <laughs> by the time the episode was over. So it just felt like a missed opportunity in that one and things moving on a little too quickly to wrap up uh, the story and Tribe. So um, those are just kind of like the main hiccups I felt with these last two episodes for, I think, being really, really good are really great because I do think they're really good episodes and I enjoyed watching them, especially Tribe. It was just great to be back on Kashyyyk and boy, did it look beautiful. <laughs> the animation in that episode looked absolutely amazing. Just the environments and just the fire effects and the lighting on it. It just, show continues to oppress. It's never going to disappoint visually, that's for sure. And I think Tribe was a great showcase of just how amazing this series is going to be or can be. So yeah, Definitely will say there hasn't been a bad episode, some obviously better than others, but overall, the I guess the streak we've had of these last three, because I agree with you, Paul, and I think it's good where they each felt very different from each other. And I think that's a good thing to have when you're telling these self-contained stories, as long as they kind of feel different from each other and you're getting a different, unique experience in these stories that they're telling that are self-contained 
in these one weeks, I think they're all the better for it. And like we said before, it's going to set up to what we're expecting to be a couple of big episodes next week in the clone conspiracy and truths and consequences. So um, a nice streak of episodes, like we said, not the greatest, but still very enjoyable these last weeks and just um, some I've enjoyed watching on Wednesday nights, which I'll always uh, appreciate when it comes to having weekly Star Wars viewings. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, looking forward to the next two um, and, uh, you know, seeing where they go, you know, for the rest of the season. I know, and too, you know, obviously it's a lot, been a lot more sort of adventure of the week type stuff this season, but I do hope that maybe in these next two episodes, they'll maybe set up something that will, kind of be a bit more, you know, give us kind of a narrative thread to follow for the, uh, the second half of the season. I think that would be good too. Um, but yeah, looking forward to where they, where they're going with it. Like I said, I'm still enjoying it obviously. So, um, yeah, I don't know. You guys have any other, uh, thoughts on bad batch you want to add before we wrap up here? No, I think, uh, I'm good with how I wrapped up on my feelings for the last few episodes. And again, just, really applauding the solitary clone um it's just like i said an achievement in star wars animation i think from storytelling action animation diving into an aspect of star wars i love so much when it comes to the clones and just expanding that story um even more so i just makes me appreciate it more and more and i do hope that i don't know how but i really do hope that somehow cody cody gets to reunite with obi-wan before it's all said and done for him hmm. just to apologize or just uh, to make uh, to make peace with him as far as what happened um whether it's him somehow finding that obi-wan's on tatooine or obi-wan goes off world uh post the obi-wan kenobi series and he's able to, to run into cody just somehow they can meet and they can make amends and cody could just apologize for what happened and after all they've been through in the clone wars know the close relationship they had and now knowing that Cody has left the Empire um, and is just out wandering. I just really hope their paths cross somewhere down the line. So that's my hope for, for uh, wherever we do get the continuation of Cody's story that somehow he does able to run into Obi-Wan in, in the future. You know, the the one thing I'm going to say about um, the Bad Batch, and I'm curious if I'll, I'll probably feel the same way, and I've already felt this way going into it, but it kind of feels like with this with this season, I don't know if we need a season three or if we should get a season three or if it deserves a season three on all and not like it deserves like it's a bad show, but like this story is sustainable for, you know, that long. And to be honest, I wonder if this is also going to show Lucasfilm like they have an amazing animation department. They really need to put those resources towards like a Tales of the Jedi or a Jedi kind of series because it feels like not they're wasting this, but like it feels like they're building lots of resources. They need to put those in, into perspective. And how much can they mine this this age, the, the age between you know a new hope and revenge of the Sith? And they've done a lot, and they've mined that mother for a, a lot. And there's still plenty of stories you could tell, but there's been such an emphasis. It really is time for I think for Lucasfilm to move on, and maybe it's Disney too, but it's probably Lucasfilm, honestly. They need to really sit down, develop a new show for the with that same animation people and, the, and get, the, get the same writers, same directors, get Filoni executive producing and really start developing different sides of stories. Because I think we're seeing limitations of the storytelling a little bit. Again, I don't think it's all bad. It's, they've been doing a good job I think, with what they have, but they're, they're starting to, you can see they're starting to get limited of what they can tell 
even though they're trying to promote like these these really fun like bad batch characters the the space of the weather where we're in right now it's getting harder and harder to get tread new ground without stomping over the other stuff and and, and really it's like you know i'm ready to move on from the empire era i, don't, I i'm not done with the skywalkers i want me some posts i want some ray skywalker baby but i would like to move out of the era of not just not the skywalkers but the empire era you know let's go before and even the High Republic. Let's get away from the High Republic too. Like, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm good with the High Republic right now. Like, unless, unless, the, unless the accolades blows me out of the water, which I hope it does. But, um, but my point is, I think it's time to use these resources for something different. Um, and let's, let's, you know, Bad Batch has, has been great, but I think we're starting to see the limitations of what they can do as far as the era goes. Let's go and start trading a new era now. Yeah, possibly. We'll see. I mean, obviously, I think what happens potentially in these next couple episodes and then, you know, the rest of the season is going to determine, um, you know, sort of what the story potential is going forward for, like, if if they want to do more seasons and is there going to be still sort of a, um, a, a big, uh, you know, overarching plot that they could still do, which, again, I think the the meat of the story really for the bad batch is the clones and what happens to them under the empire and specifically with the bad batch, like what happens between them and crosshair can, you know, can he be redeemed? Will they ever be reunited with him? Um, and it just feels like it's been a while since they've really touched on any of that. And so I wonder if maybe they're intentionally kind of spacing that out because they don't want to, you know, blow through that story too fast. And they're just kind of padding it with a lot of, you know, adventure of the week type stuff. Cause you could keep doing just, you know, the, uh, the bad batch going on missions for Sid and, you know, just kind of having misadventures. You could do that till the end of time. But as far as there being a, uh, you know, like a, an overall, you know, really sort of interesting story that's worth telling. And that sort of furthers the, the overall narrative in the universe. Um, I do think that's kind of, I, again, I think, you know, the, the big thing there is, is the stuff between the empire and the clones. And it's like, that's going to, you know, th there's sort of a, a finite amount of time on that story because at some point the empire is going to phase the clones out and then that's going to be it. And so it's like, does that happen this season? Will that happen in, you know, three or four seasons? Um, it'd be interesting to see what they end up doing with that. I think, uh, obviously I think at least by the end of this season, we'll know, you know, if they're planning to do one more, maybe they'll talk about that more at celebration, but um, I don't see it ending after this season, but I also think, you know, maybe they'll only do three. Like I don't, I definitely don't think this show is going to go as long as Clone Wars did. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe they'll go four seasons like rebels, but I think, you know, maybe three or four would be good, but we'll see. Um, but yeah, I think, like I said, we'll probably have maybe a little bit better idea of that, at least by the end of the season. So interested to see how that all goes um but before we wrap up um tim i know you also put out a question on social media to see uh you know how everybody else was feeling about bad backs we'll be getting answers for that um yeah so on twitter first up caleb Klingon says feels like the bad batch team has been made irrelevant this season the best moments of the show so far don't require them to even be in the scene which is a fair point he's not necessarily wrong on that <laughs> depending on what uh, moments have been your favorite and then Kim Kenobi chimes in saying Tribe was a nice return to form 
I do keep having to remind myself that it is a kid show after all, and not every episode is going to be overly thought-provoking or lore-driving. Overall, I still look forward to it each week, and I'm confident things will pick up. Which is like I think is a good way to sum it up that even though it is geared towards kids and not every episode is going to be like the solitary clone like we talked about, but I think we can all agree that we all look forward to seeing it each week and knowing that uh, there will be some more big moments in the season as we're already speculating as soon as next week. So yeah, thanks Kid Kenobi and Caleb for chiming in on your thoughts for the Bad Batch season two. Yeah, thank you guys for your comments and uh you know, chiming in with us. Um, obviously, if you are not following us on social media yet and you want to do that, we're on Twitter at Star Wars TSC and on Facebook.com slash Star Wars The Saga Continues. Uh, and you can also uh, send us email at Star Wars TSC at gmail.com if you want to send us thoughts, comments, questions, whatever uh, to have us read on the show. And you can also check out our website at Star Wars TSC.com um, for all of our you know latest episodes and stuff that we're posting over there. Um, but, uh, yeah, we'll be back in a couple weeks to maybe talk some more Bad Batch. Maybe, you know, I don't know if there'll be any new promotional Mando stuff or anything to talk about before then. Um, and then a couple weeks after that, we'll be, uh, you know, be recording an episode right after the season three premiere of The Mandalorian. So, uh, lots of Star Wars stuff to get excited about coming up in the next few months, um, like we talked about earlier. So I'm excited. Glad to have you guys with us. Thanks for tuning in. We will see you next time, and may the Force be with you. See you next time, everybody. Godspeed, Rebels!